Step right up and gather round. Tall folks kindly at the back, please. I am Professor Gruntsplatter, and I am the curator of this here spookatorium before you now. I have sifted the globe to bring you lovely folks and ones just like you, an experience that will transform the world you thought you knew. Through these doors are wonders, horrors, and maybe even a laugh or two from the dark corners of every street today, all back through recorded time. You will hear music and tales of the unknown, mysterious, and maybe even diabolical. That's right, folks. There are strange things beyond this threshold. But if you weren't curious, you wouldn't be here. So now, will you take a chance and come on in, or will you saddle up to the concession stand and always wonder what you missed? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Professor Grunsplatter's Spookatorium. There will be no refunds once you enter. Thank you for your attention, and the brave ones, come with me. Stairs just to check the lock. When I heard something in the house, I don't mean a mouse. I swear they were spooks, spooks, spooks. I know they were spooks, 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 spooks. I couldn't move, just stood and stare. I never was so scared. The first spook spoke and I heard him speak. He said, What's there? Go make the back door squeak. We'll tease the cat and hound the pup and raise our spirits up. Oh, Lord of them spooks, 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 those scary old spooks, 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 spooks. You don't have to take my word, but I heard what I heard. The next spook spoke, he said, suppose we make the fossil start to drip and make the shutter shake. You let me know just what you want. This is my favorite haunt. Beware of them spooks, 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 them mischievous spooks, 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 spooks. I hate spoofing, man, I mean that I've seen what I've seen. A big spook spoke, he said, Spike, my son. He said, I'll show you how to scare up some fun. But next time when you wail, see here, you make it loud and clear. Watch out for them spooks, spooks, spooks. Oh, those nasty old spooks, 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 spooks. Maybe you don't think it's so, but I know what I know. The last spook turned to his spouse and frowned. Said, I thought I told you to wait in the ground. But you look awful cute tonight. In fact, you look afraid. <laughs> He's talking about spooks, spooks, spooks. Real genuine spooks, 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 spooks. No, you stop putting up your dukes. You just can't fight to them spooks. I'm cutting out of here, man. I don't dig this job. No. Wait for us, wait for us, wait for us, wait for us. Eyes were often wide as a ghost on fire. He always wore his t- 
And whenever anything were to startle him, the blood would rush straight to his head. No, you would not find a more cowardly man amongst the living or amongst the dead. He had 22 goats and 16 cows in a field big enough to pitch a circus. But he traded it all in for a barrel of gin and a ticket on a boat called Dr. Faustus. Now some said this was most brave of him, but some thought he'd found his true metal. But I always knew he was running away from a secret buried underneath the stable. So he sailed and he sailed and he sailed again till he got to the other side. Then he walked and he walked and he walked again till a band pulled up and offered him a ride. Now boneless Joe was a long way from home, there was no one there to hear his cries. When the man in the van pulled the mask from his face and revealed he was the devil in disguise. Oh, you've come a long way to find me, he said, though I'm surprised that you tried to run away. Cause I was with you when you butchered all the bodies, and I helped you with the digging of the graves. And I thought that we'd struck up an honest deal And I thought we were partners through and through But it seems that you want to escape from me now And that's something that I cannot let you do Now boneless Joe was too scared to speak Far too scared to make a single move And the devil just grinned through his yellow teeth As Joe stared down at his patent leather shoes so what shall we do to move on from here? Asked the devil with a twinkle in his eye. I think maybe you should come along with me and I'll take you for a little ride. And they drove and they drove and they drove again till they drove on through the gates of hell. And poor old bonus Joe with his eyes open wide saw many things too terrible to tell. And they finally arrived on the other side And the horror on his face was understood This time it was just a warning, said the devil Next time it will be for good So if you have secrets that you want to escape Or bodies that you want to keep buried Don't try to run from the devil at your side Cause you'll find he's really living in your belly and his domes try to drown him in a barrel of gin Cause you'll always find him smiling at the bottom No, there's really no escape once the deal is done For a devil's deal is not to be forgotten I'm that Greetings once again, this is Professor Grunsplatter Spookatorium, and I am your host, Professor Grunsplatter. Welcome to the second annual Halloween episode. Um, hopefully it will actually be available to you by Halloween. It's looking like it may not right now, but we'll see. Uh, if not, uh, I hope you enjoy it anyway. Uh, the first track you heard there was from Louis Armstrong. That was a track called Spooks. And uh, following that was the Rohan Theater Band with a track called Boneless Joe. I mentioned uh, last time 
that uh, I had started a, a Flickr group for people to contribute to, saying uh, that has taken off far better than I would have expected. There's about 135 members right now and nearly 500 photos, uh, some of which have some great stories attached to them. So if you haven't checked that out, you can go to spookatorium.org and uh, link on over to that and look through some really great images and uh, some interesting tales. Uh, thanks to everybody that's joined that. I don't know how many of you actually listen to the show, but um, I've been really pleased with how that's gone. Uh, if you haven't looked at the website in a while since the last show, there's some information on uh, alleged chupacabra sighting in Texas, a little bit of a video clip uh, from Jacques Derrida uh, and his philosophy of, of ghosts, and uh, an amusing tale of a man and his severed leg in their long journey together. That's what's been happening since the last episode, and uh, I've got a little story for you now about uh, an abandoned road in Missouri. Come with me now, if you will, to a dark stretch of one-lane road that carves through a valley and into the forested hills of the southern Midwest. The state of Missouri calls it Lawler Ford Road, and it dead ends at the Merrimack River. I drove through this part of the country about 15 years ago. It's an area whose freeway billboards define the landscape with screams of the Merrimack Caverns and 72-ounce stakes. Lawler Ford Road is not what the locals call it, though. To them, it is known as Zombie Road. The legend goes, as so many legends do, that a man whose name was Zombie escaped from a nearby sanitarium and all that was ever seen of him again was the bloody nightgown found out in this remote area. Uh, however it was that it came to be known as Zombie Road, it has been considered a hotbed of paranormal activity for years, fueled by many other stories in the local folklore. The area ha has an abandoned set of train tracks that runs through the flood basin of craggy woods and abandoned homes. Some say in the 1970s, others in the 1980s, that a man was killed on these tracks and haunts the area to this day. The only evidence that researchers have dug up of anyone dying on the tracks goes back to 1876 and a woman named Della Hamilton being struck and killed. Another story says a small boy was playing by the river with his friends. He fell and broke his neck and his friends left him there to die before telling anyone two weeks later what had happened. An alternate version of that same tale uh, has a young man dying of an overdose in a huffing mishap uh, and his friends abandoning him to die in the area. There's a smashed car just off the road and tales of those who died in the crash haunting the area as well. Uh, from what I could find in the research that's out there, there isn't any proof that anyone died in the crash, however. Other tales revolve around the ghosts of Native Americans, uh, a crazy old woman that lives in a shack at the end of the road that would scream at passers-by and wave a gun around. Uh, it's believed that currently the area is used by devil worshippers and witches because there's an abandoned stone building spray-painted with occult symbols. I think every town has one of those abandoned buildings uh, that uh, devil worshippers are purported to hang out at, and I tend to expect that they're much more of a hangout for drunken ingrates than they are for occultists. Um, Regardless, all of these tales have come 
combined for a, a potent local mythology. And in looking at the reports from the two paranormal groups, two area paranormal groups, this is what I, uh, what I found. A group that runs MissouriGhosts.net captured photographs that feature orbs and unexplained bright lights. Uh, like I said in the last episode, uh, still photos of orbs don't really impress me as evidence. Uh, but the investigators were struck by them. Uh, they also captured video footage that they say contains audio recordings of both footsteps and whispers. Uh, these clips are on the site, which I'll link in the show notes. Uh, the clip of the footsteps is so short that it could easily be just the camera being jostled around, and the whisper clip is also extremely short, and I don't, I don't hear anything in that one. Uh, this is just through my computer speakers. I haven't dissected them at all. Uh, the Missouri Paranormal Research Group is another group, and they did a couple of investigations out there where they were able to capture a, a couple of EVPs. Uh, they have group members that reported seeing a pale apparition of a man crossing the road in the distance. Uh, they experienced uh, new camera batteries dying when they reached the location. Um, to begin their investigation, one member reported a, a very acute but brief migraine. At the same time, another member reported feeling as though she was being grabbed within her chest by something unseen. Uh, one member reported tasting blood. Uh, another had ringing in their ears as they walked the stretch of road. And they also captured a possible shadow figure on film. Um, looking at the photo, it, it's certainly open to interpretation. Um, but it's there on, on their site, and I'll link that also for you to be the judge. Uh, the investigation is, is are documented pretty well on the site. They use, uh, you know, they list the equipment that they used and everything else. They have the evidence posted on the site. I can't say that there was anything that jumped out as being definitive. Um, and the area itself, to see the pictures, definitely looks as though it would have the power to play with your imagination and your perceptions, but it's all uh, quite interesting, so have a look at that.
caught me speaking round her cave. Her hair looked just like barbed wire boys, and her smile just like the grave. She asked me if I could stay a while. Said I believe I'd better go. Slid her arm around my neck, and she sweetly whispered, "Now it's cold and dark and lonely here. Soon enough you'll see. But I'm also glad you stumbled in. I've been."
That was a track called Pickman's Model, based on the H.P. Lovecraft tale of the same name. From uh, It was an unreleased track from a solo project called Ulthar. Uh, before that was the Dead Brothers with Things You Hide. Um, before that, Invocation from Hadith. And opening that setup was the Graveyard from Black Mayonnaise. This next story is about a, a group that I wasn't able to find a whole lot of information about, but uh, in 1930s Britain, George Jobson, J. Ashdown, and B.K. Kirby formed a small guild of psychic researchers that came to be known as the Ashker Jobson Trionian Guild. Their obsession with proving that there was some sort of survival beyond death led them to take an oath that should one of them pass away, they would make every effort to send a predetermined message from the other side. The message that they agreed upon were, were the initials BKK. Uh, George Jobson was the first of them to die, and within three months of his death, the remaining members of the guild received the agreed-upon message while working with a medium that was unaware of the pact that they had made among themselves. Uh, beyond the BKK message, they also received instructions on how to build devices that would facilitate communication with the dead that were passed on to them from what they believed was their departed colleague. Uh, the remaining members set to work and created three devices that I've been able to find any information on. The first was called a reflectograph, and it was essentially an oversized typewriter with an extremely sensitive keyboard that uh, was so sensitive that you could depress the keys even by blowing on them. Uh, when the keys were pressed, it closed a circuit and created a, an illuminated letter, corresponding letter, on a large uh, six-foot screen. It did require the presence of a medium to operate, though, to place a hand at the keys. The medium would be contained sort of in a, a box. When it was time to begin, the medium would put their hand out of the box and over the, the uh, keyboard. And then, as they supposedly received messages, they would type it out on the keyboard. Uh, but, you know, being that there was a, a human involved, uh, it led to speculation that it was all just a fraud. Uh, then they created another device called a communograph. This was a small table that um, had a pendulum that hung beneath it over a series of metal plates. Each of those metal plates represented a letter of the alphabet, and the pendulum, when it made contact with any of those plates, would cause a, a letter on the surface of the table to light up and spell out messages. You didn't need a medium for this one. Uh, it was believed that everybody sat in a circle around the table and then when the pendulum moved, it was moving either by spirits or, or whatever. There was a woman, uh, Lady Zoe Calliard, uh, allegedly transcribed an entire book based on readings from the communograph. Uh, the book was called A New Conception of Love and she believes it was dictated through her uh, by her deceased husband in 1934. Uh, one other device that the uh, the Trianian Guild had created was a it was used to set an atmosphere for a séance, and it was a, a clockwork me mechanism used to vibrate a tuning fork in the key of A that would resonate for up to three hours, uh, producing this steady tone that was subdued, but it was believed to be a harmonious tone that would encourage uh, communication from from spirits. Uh, there will be some more information on some other uh, methods of communicating with the deceased later on in the show.
my card, pretty lady. Nimble May Care Music Production. I like your style. Too bad you're not a singer. Oh, but I am. I am a singer.
That set opened up with Come to the Sabbath from Merciful Fate. Uh, following that was Droning Hades from Godvarg. And the last track you heard there was Party of the First Part from Bauhaus. Frank Sumption claims that the instructions for his invention, which has come to be known as Frank's Box or the Ghost Box, were given to him by disembodied entities. He built the first version in 2002, and uh, each subsequent version he has been able to make a little bit smaller than the last. Uh, The device consists of a computer, uh, some electronics, uh, an AM receiver or an AM-FM receiver, depending on the source that you're reading from, and then an echo chamber. Frank says, quote, The system consists of a random voltage generator which is used to tune an AM receiver module rapidly. The raw audio from the tuner is amplified and fed into an echo chamber where the spirits manipulate it to form their voices." The idea is to create a noise matrix similar to a white noise but using more complex components. Uh, Again, uh, Frank Sumption says the white noise works because of this random principle Uh, works as far as uh, finding EVPs, Uh, but random material that contains human speech frequencies and fragments works much better." The box, it is said, can be used in either a question and answer session with spirits, where the user would pose a question and wait for some sort of response to come through the device, or it can simply be left on to see if anyone from the other side has anything that they need to get off their chest. The premise is that it functions as a live EVP receiver, whereas normally EVPs show up on, on recordings and they aren't heard at the time that that the recording is being made, and they're at a frequency level that is below human hearing, generally. Uh, I've included some links to uh, actual schematics to build the device. Uh, there's a video of someone using Frank's box um, and some additional links regarding the box in the show notes. Uh, serious paranormal researchers, or maybe I should say scientifically minded paranormal researchers, seem to feel that Frank's box is a fraud. Um, Haunted Times Magazine have trademarked the name Telephone to the Dead and taken the box on tour as part of their Ghost Hunter University program, which to me seems like a red flag even before you look at whether or not the box works. Um, that's a little bit too much marketing and um, hoopla for me to assume that this is a serious endeavor right off the top. Um, having done experimental music myself for over 13 years and manipulated all kinds of frequencies, I still hear things in, in tracks that I've done that I didn't consciously put into the track. Even when I've spent days working on something, I can listen to it. And the combination of the sounds that are being put together create illusions and make new sounds out of the, the random things that are there. And if you're throwing fragmented radio frequencies in, which are loaded with people talking, you're bound to hear voices emanate from the box. Some of it, too, I think, is finding something familiar in chaos, which in my mind was part of what the, the whole backwards message phenomenon was all about. You're seeing things or you're hearing things that are, are not making sense and so you look 
to find something that you can grab onto in that chaos. It's I think it's the same thing when people see, you know, Jesus in their toast. You see something, and you want it to look like something that's familiar to you, so you you sort of impose it on that. And I think with hearing some of this stuff, that's that maybe what is going on. Um, so the material is on the website. Uh, at spookatorium.org. Uh, have a listen and see where, for yourself uh, what what Frank's box is all about. I'm I'm not entirely sold. This next one is called "When We Arise" from Mondeblut.
That last track was, uh, I'm going to butcher this, it was called uh, Tulhurk Belladon from Darvulia. Uh, before that was Cadaver Obedience from Schloss Tagal, and opening it up was When We Arise from Monblut. Uh, this is the part of the show where I say, if you hear one of your songs on the podcast and you don't want it here, uh, let me know and I'll take it off. Uh, the contact information is professor at spookatorium.org. Uh, the website is spookatorium.org. And there are lots of additional stories posted up in between the shows. Um, we're at the hour mark now, a little over the hour mark. Uh, I'm going to keep going a little bit. Uh, apologize that this Halloween show has ended up being so late, but... Uh, that's how it goes sometimes. The Simpsons episodes are never actually on Halloween either, and people seem to like those. Talking boards or Ouija boards have always sort of intrigued me because of the strong reaction that they seem to elicit from people. I really haven't spent much time at all working with them. Uh, I remember my grandparents had one at a cottage that we would vacation at when I was a kid, uh, and I'm sure at some point we got it out, but I don't remember anything remarkable occurring with it, um, and that's about the end of my direct involvement with them. But so often, and all over the internet, you see these dire warnings and, and cautionary tales from people regarding the talking boards. The National Ghost Hunter Society even has a page dedicated to discouraging people from using them. It's funny, though, how many of these testimonials seem to be stories handed down and not really first-person accounts, though there are, of course, those two. Um, but for all of those that fear and shun it, there are those that seem to revel in it too and find it to be a remarkable tool for contacting spirits. And there are sites full of stories and even uh, full transcriptions of Ouija board sessions all over the internet. And I'll have some links to a few of those in the show notes. And there's also a great site called the Museum of Talking Boards that has a lot of great pictures of, of talking boards from over the, the years. Um, there's two schools of thought on how the boards work. The spiritualist theory suggests that any information that comes through the board is channeled from an outside source, be it ghosts or demons or something ethereal. The automatistic theory suggests that all information communicated through the boards comes from within the people that are using the boards. And through subtle unconscious movements known as ideomotor movements, um, that's how the information is, is gathered. The term ideomotor movement was coined in uh, 1852 by a guy named William Carpenter who was looking to explain um, the, the seeming magic of, of dowsing rods and, and pendulum manipulation. And his premise, according to the Skeptic's Dictionary, was, quote, uh, Muscular movement can be initiated by the mind, independently of volition or emotions. We may not be aware of it, but suggestions can be made to the mind by others or by observations. Those suggestions can influence the mind and affect our motor behavior. Um, so that's, that's his theory that uh, the evidence presented by skeptics to prove that, that it is ideomotor movements and not spirits is simply to have people use the boards while they're blindfolded. And the results that they've gotten when doing the, those kind of tests are that the, the things that are spelled out are gibberish, as opposed to when the users can see the board, the messages that, that are delivered come through as relatively clear statements. 
So those are the theories on how the board works. Uh, something I've always found a bit curious is that many of the people that warn so emphatically against using the boards do so because they feel they've accessed some sort of a demon or, or devil through the board. Uh, demons and devils being a largely Christian concept, of course, and if the automatistic theory is correct and what arises from working with the board is internal and not external, then the repression that is part of the, the kind of denial and guilt that's a foundation of Christianity is, is really what's scaring these people. And if you look at things like the Hell House franchise of Christian haunted houses, uh, there's a great documentary on those if you haven't seen it called Hell House. Uh, some of the horrific things that were reported during the bogus satanic panic scare in the 80s or the way that certain pieces of popular culture are interpreted through the mindset the depravity is often more lush from that perspective than it is from the secular perspective. I don't, I don't want this to turn into a religious discussion, but it seems those who deny themselves a dark side are often darker than those who accept it. And if the talking boards are a window to that subconscious rather than to the spirit world, then the outrage and the trauma that these people seem to have related to the boards is simply a window to the parts of their personalities that they refuse to embrace as as acceptable. But as I said, I don't really have any first-hand experience here, and if you have an interesting Ouija story, uh, please pass it along. I'd love to get some feedback on this subject because it, it is interesting to me, and uh, I may use it in a future show.
That was Hyde with Your Dying Soul. Uh, before that, Rawhead and Bloody Bones from Susie and the Banshees. Uh, Drown in the River from Those Poor Bastards. And opening the set was 24 Hour Store uh, from the Handsome Family about a haunted Walmart. I guess that's going to do it. Uh, I was going to throw another story in, but um, this is so late already, I'm just going to wrap it up. And uh, I want to say thanks for tuning in. I apologize for being so late with this. Uh, behind the talking today, you heard uh, Geomatic, uh, and that's actually from an album, a demo version of an album, um, and that track was called Para Abnormal. I'm not sure if that ever came out or not. Um, come to think of it. Uh, also, uh, Wandering Soul from A Murder of Angels, uh, Storm from Inanna, and this underneath me right now is Soul in Flames from Brighter Death Now. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can email me at professor at spookatorium.org or check out the website at spookatorium.org. Uh, there are new articles posted on the website pretty regularly. Um, I want to say thanks to Mike from Staten Island who heard the uh, Vampire Peacock story on episode 15 and wrote in with some feedback. I really appreciate that. Thanks, Mike. Um, check out the Flickr group if you haven't looked at that. I think when I started this show, I said there was under 500 pictures. Now there's over 500 pictures. Um, some cool stuff in there. Some good stories attached to a few of them. Um, Let's see. The next show should come pretty soon. I've got quite a few stories kind of saved up, and I should have some more time here in the near future to to put that together. Uh, I hope you had a good Halloween and are enjoying the autumn. Uh, it's the best time of the year. And I'm going to wrap this up with a track from Akama Sotes called Right and Believe. But some is not. Some in Coptic. Greek. Numbers, it's not easy to decipher. The original text has been distorted over the years. Distorted? Written. Writing upon writing.
Thank you.